This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 396, for Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week is Stephen ESC, and you can find him at Stephen ESC and all the social media that matters, including Twitch, where he streams Minecraft and sometimes even art. Hello, sir. Hey, Joel. How's it going? Good to be here. It is Wednesday. That is all Mm -hmm. I'm going to (laughs) say. Look, I just... It's, yeah, it's a Wednesday. It is the middle of the week, and Friday yet question mark is all I all I have to say. Um, nice. I I'm in that part, and I think it's a I think a lot of people are probably dealing with this over the winter. Uh, we've had some very odd uh, cold snaps here, and there's a lot of inside time this time of year mm-hmm. for, for everyone. And I have been trying to get myself back into a routine after being a little bit lazy on things after Christmas. Um, February was good, but I'm struggling to maintain it. And uh, I don't know whether you want to call it the winter blues, whether you want to call it the the COVID blues or whatever, but I just, I feel like there's this cycle of normality that I'm seeming to be stuck in. And mm. uh, again, I don't have a lot of complaints because I mean, generally speaking, things are going well. It's just that I, I, it's a lot of the same. Um, yeah. Now on the new side, which is, which is a fun anecdote. I did mention this on the render distance, which is the uh, extended version of the Spawn Chunks podcast I do with, with Pixel Riffs uh, for our patrons. Uh, I have been, have been playing a, a bit of uh, Forza Horizon 4, uh, but not on my own. Uh, uh, my girlfriend Laura has been uh, getting into it, which is really oh, fun. Cool. It's, re- it's, re- it's I mean, it's really cute <laughs> uh, and exciting, and 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 a really fun flashback to like when I was ten and my buddy Scott Clark and I were were playing with the Super Nintendo, doing like Street Fighter Two and Mario Kart and all that kind of stuff, and the couch co-op or couch gaming experience so it's you're not online with anybody you're you're just you're in the same room uh and you're having a good time and there was a couple of races as she was learning and getting new cars and trying to sort out you know how the steering and all that kind of stuff works where she was coming in you know 12th 10th out of 12 cars uh and then there was a little there was a little but in there, i could sense the frustration coming in and i did the same thing i'm not i'm not saying at all that the, that, it, that it was um her driving it was like because i felt the same way when i was first playing the game they don't give you a lot of in-game instruction they tell you as an introduction to the sh- to the game how to move around the world and where you might want to race like do you want to do a dirt race do you want to do a road race do you want to do cross country whatever it is and they explain all that to you but they don't tell you about the stats on the cars and they don't tell you about how the steering actually works. You'd have to probably have played the other Forza games to know. So eventually... So is it just... Sorry, go ahead. No, I say eventually I figured it out. Uh, and it basically the, the game gives you these blue arrows on the road when you have either a route planned to get to the next race because you have to drive around the map to do that. Or if you're taking a corner too fast, the arrows on the ground go from blue to yellow to red. As in, if you try to take the corner at the speed, you're going to fly off the road. And I figured that out that uh, as you break, they turn back to normal colors. So I was like, oh, and the light bulb went on. I have to make sure that I slow down before I get into the corner to turn these arrows back to a neutral color so I don't slide off the road. So it's like, okay, well, that's, that's, that makes it a lot more easier. And so when I explained that, because I didn't want a backseat game, I wanted her to try and, you know, get there on her own, but I could sense that she was getting frustrated. So I, I, I gave her a couple of tips. Well, of course, next race, she comes in first after, you know, a couple of, of struggles 
and like Holy jumping off the couch and like the whooping <laughs> and like it was it was just a a really really good time. I, it was fun to to see that and and then proceed to do other races and like either finish first or not quite first. You're like I can do better than that. Let's I finished fourth. Let's try to get first. Like so that kind of stuff was it was really really cool. Um, the harder thing is is driving around the world. If you don't set a route, then you don't get the arrows on the road. And so you have to like then be kind of like good enough at the game oh, okay. to gauge like, well, this is a pretty tight current turn. I should probably reduce my speed because you have a speedometer on the screen, of course. Um, I've changed the, it's not the difficulty setting, but it's just kind of like a, uh, a GUI setting where instead of having the arrows on the road all the time, because I found that it's a beautiful game and I was looking at the arrows the whole time. Mm. I only have the arrows show up when I'm going around a corner. So on the road in general, there's no arrows, but there are like yellow or red arrows on corners where I may be coming in too fast. So it's just enough to kind of say like, oh, you should slow down, but it's not like this constant blue line that you're trying to drive on. And so I, I found that more enjoyable as I, as I moved on. But it, like, it's, huh. been, it's been a lot of fun and I, I've been unlocking cars and, and she's been unlocking cars. And there's this thing that you can do where the game will... Uh, pop up and say, hey, I hear there might be an abandoned classic car in this area. You should go find it. And they give you kind of like a big zone that you got to drive around through, which usually involves like off-road, going into like people's backyards and kind of like looking for these abandoned <laughs> barns. And like out in the middle of a quarry, you'll see some half-dome kind of like barrel of a, of a barn. And sure enough, inside you might find like a 1961 Porsche or something. And I mean, it's in rough shape. You don't get it right away. They have to like re restore it before you get to drive it around um, and that's always fun so it's like little treasure hunt things it's very different from a racing game it's very arcadey like you can if you're doing a simulation mode you can drive through stone walls you can run over fences and you get points for it like it's kind of it's a good thing <laughs> i mean you wreck your car mm -hmm. you, you, you wreck that you wreck the paint job on your car until you switch out to a new one but it's it's um it's kind of one of those things where it's it's pretty much open world. Like if you want to just drive on the road and be neat and tidy and not deviate, then you can do that. Or if you just, if you feel like driving a Lamborghini across a field at 300 kilometers an hour, you can do that too, <laughs> <laughs> which is what, which is what I was doing this week. I'm in the, the winter season and uh, keeping some cars on the road during the winter season is a little bit challenging. <laughs> so, I, and, and after you're in a farmer's field, it's like, well, when in Rome, let's see if there's any influence boards or anything around here in the non-race activities that I can do where I can just drive around and like, you know, run stuff over or see what's underneath this bridge and don't care that I've already dinged up the Lamborghini. It'll be good as new the next time I, I want to play. So um, it's, it's been on embrace it. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And it was fun letting go. Like it was fun kind of like, you know, rather than racing and, and trying to stay on the road and doing all that kind of stuff. If you say like, I don't want to race against any other cars right now. I kind of just want to drive around and like maybe see different parts of the map or, um, or, or try to find these influence boards that are, that are nearby. Um, I do find that's a nice, uh, escape from the normal, like tasks in video games. It's like, you should race and you should win. And then, so like you just, well, I don't really feel like that kind of pressure right now, but it's like, well, driving around and hitting these influence boards there's nothing to it like you just have to find them so sure yeah. let's go to, it's like a scavenger hunt so that's kind of fun um nice. have you do you play any racing games have you done any games like that i mean mario kart like that kind of it's stuff? funny it's like we're um i don't remember if i've said it to you or mentioned to you before but we our family plays mario kart now every weekend so once a, once or twice a weekend we will put in like uh choose to do eight or twelve courses and we just go so my my sons and I have years of experience on, yeah, playing Mario Kart. I told my sons when they were younger, I'm like, this is my favorite game of all time. It's like, I can keep coming back to it and the next version of it, and I still just enjoy playing it. And it's usually because I'm always playing it with someone. So it's funny, you were going through the reasons why you loved playing this game with Laura, and I'm like, yep, this, I can totally relate because we, the four of us, crammed together on a couch and just Mario Kart like crazy. And the frustrations <laughs> that you were describing that Laura was having, my wife was having uh, exactly the same ones early on be because my sons and I had years of experience playing. And then she came in and, and we would get first, second, third, and she would get 12th and then 10th, 11th, 9th or whatever. But um, my youngest son actually gave her some tips on how to take the skids properly so you don't actually have to slow down and stuff. 
And as soon as that clicked for her, she just sort of slowly progressed. And now in the, in the last, I think, three weekends, um, she's been doing quite a bit better. And this past weekend, we finished off after 12 races, first, second, third, and fourth place, all four of us, which was pretty, was a pretty sweet little <laughs> family moment. So right. totally relate to enjoying the game, playing with people on the couch. And uh, yeah, that's my favorite race game of all time. I've noticed actually uh, now that you mentioned that that Forza uh, now that I've I'm farther along where I've unlocked all the tutorial stuff and I've just have the full game at my fingertips. When I go to do a race, I can do solo, co-op, head to head, or like against online people, uh, mm-hmm. or I can just and so solo they put you up against a bunch of ghost cars. And what's really cool about it is that they they grab people from your friends list that have played the game and they'll put their drivatars into the game with you. So uh, cool. this is something that Ryan mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago. And so very often I'm racing against uh, Ryan on online. Um, and even if I don't come in first, I still want to come in in front of Ryan. <laughs> like I still, <laughs> I still want to be that. And there was one game early on, uh, one race where I don't remember what I had. I think it was an Audi and I was trying to do this sprint. So a sprint is a single race start to finish there's no loop you know you don't do three laps like in mario kart like it's, oh, yeah. it's just a straight yeah. you just keep on going and i got to the tail end of it and i was in second place and i could see the first place and sure enough it was ryan and he was in <laughs> i think he was in a mclaren so like i was staring at his tailpipe just getting smaller and smaller <laughs> he hit the straightaway and just like it's <laughs> like well floor to the, the the pedal is to the floor with this audi and i'm doing the best that i can but i'm not catching him <laughs> Uh, which is pretty funny yeah um so and but it is cool because even though i knew he wasn't online the fact that they do kind of like take the amalgamation of like his best laps or his best races and throw that in there as like a live drive guitar flying around the the world it's really cool i thought you were saying that they actually take you know they they do that on, on mario as uh sorry nintendo as well so if you had um other people's me's on there like if i'm racing solo they'll take family members me's and stick them in the audience and stuff like that but you're it's not just his character's face you're racing against it'll take like his best time and you're racing against that yeah is that what yeah you're yeah. yeah so his his car is on the road oh when he was doing it solo and and you get to race against his time depending on like depending on what level he was at and all that kind right. of stuff. there's been several races where i've come in first and he's come in like fourth or fifth but i think that what that probably is is that he probably came in first but he might have been racing at a lighter difficulty level as i've Mm -hmm. been progressing when i win several races in a row the game says you've run several races in a row we're gonna increase the difficulty okay and you're just like (laughs) "Ah, fine you know and i mean it's fair it's cool because i like that it does that actually uh because it saves you the frustration going the other way where like you've lost four races in a row do you want us to dumb the difficulty down a little bit so this is a little bit more fun for you? Yes. Uh, and and you're like, yeah, you know, like I'd like to, like, because it really sucks when you're coming in 12th, like when you don't, when you do, and you don't even have a shot. Uh, whereas if you're coming in fourth, you're like, okay, like I can do this. I just have to get better at it. It's, it's right. much more encouraging. And because the game goes the other way, if you do come in first a couple of times, then they're like, hey, you're doing really well. We're going to make this a little bit harder for you. And you're like, well, okay, fine. Like I did, I have won a number of these things in a row. So like, I'm okay with that. Um, and then yeah, even if you get bumped down to fourth place in the next race or even fifth and you're going, okay, then it's it's, a, it's an incentive to then get back up to first in that next. Yes. Yeah. That's it, it keeps level, it being cool. satisfying, right? Like you don't feel like you're phoning it in. Because there was a couple of races there on these sprints where mm. you hit the straightaway and I'm driving a Lamborghini and I hit like, you know, 294 on the speed limit. And you're just like, I, there's there, the closest people behind you are like not even on the screen. You know, if you're looking and you're looking at your like your, your, your GPS and you're looking at the cars that might be behind you. Normally there's like a stack of cars, you know, like a couple of cars links behind you and you're working really hard to keep the lead. And there was just nothing there. <laughs> So you're like, okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> I guess, I guess nice. I'll take, I'll take the higher difficulty. So yeah. um, before we move on, what, um, what is your go-to character in Mario Kart? Uh, I've got a me actually that I've become quite used to. So he's a, a heavy character. He's a pointy eyebrows, gray hair, looks okay. a little bit like me. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's more about the cart then. It is, yeah. I actually use the. Um, Oh geez, this is awful. I forget what it's called, but it's basically the scooter that looks like the the Vespa. 
Okay, yeah, I've seen it. So yeah. my my sister and and her family they have a Switch and they play Mario Kart. Like that's one of their big games as well. Um, and um, I've played with them, and I barely remember the characters outside of like you know Mario, Luigi, Toad, Princess, Koopa, Koopa Junior, and a couple of other folks. Um, but I I usually end up taking what looks like rocket ship carts. Oh yeah, yeah, they look like spaceships with wheels. That's what I tend to nice. grab. Uh, and then, I, and I have some fun with um, the parachutes and stuff. But I, Nick, uh, my my brother-in-law, was telling me like everything matters, like wheels, you yep. know, uh, the fuselage of the car, the 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 parachute slash gl- glider thing, like just all that kind of stuff, uh, really really matters. And I'm finding the same. I find it overwhelming in some ways, uh, but also with Forza, um, I I'm not a car guy. And, and, and with Forza, like it's, it's real world stuff, like it's tire pressure and like, um, uh, alignment and, and all this kind of stuff. And they have a description as like what it does, like, you know, like lower tire pressure is like higher grip, but like less control at higher speeds or like all this mm. kind of stuff. So you're trying to find this balance, but like, I don't know what good tire pressure is. I know like less than what I have might help, but I don't know <laughs> like what, like I feel like there's a certain knowledge that you might give you some advantage going into the game. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Do they give you those yeah. explainers in Mario Kart or do you have to look it up like elsewhere? Um, you, They've got basically, I, th- I think as you hit the plus button on the controller and then it just, it shows you the stats for each one of these things. So you know the the vehicle will give you will give you the acceleration, the handling, right? Okay, and then traction. So, so there's a there's a default set of, I guess when you choose the vehicle, it automatically has the default wheels and the default um, glider, and so you choose which vehicle you want, and then you pick the wheels, and then then your stats change again when you choose the wheels, and then the stats change again when you choose your glider. And so for me, it's <laughs> I chose the, it's actually just looked it up. It's called the city tripper. So I, I chose the city tripper because it's a scooter and I, I love Vespas, love them. So that's the, the main reason why I chose it originally. And then I, and then I just basically found the, I guess, sort of the ones that looked the tires that looked most Vespa like that had the best stats. And then I chose the clouds because I thought it was funny to have a scooter with clouds and that's basically it. And so I, just, <laughs> I've just become very good at that. Whenever I used to play online, my go-to vehicle was the Caterpillar with spongy tires and the flower because I thought it was hilarious to beat people with that type of a vehicle. And I would, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't know why because I started play, I played it a little while ago and I was awful at it. But for some reason, during that period of my life, I was awesome at the Caterpillar with squishy tires and a flower. And I would just come in first or second very frequently. So it was, it made me happy. Nice. Yeah, nice. I've not done any online stuff yet because, again, not being a car guy, not being normally a racing guy, I'm very surprised I'm getting so much out of this game. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with just it's very pretty. It's all 4K optimized for the Xbox mm. Series X, so it's it really does look good. Um, but for me, like I'm gravitating towards. I got a new Mini, so I like the Mini for like tight city races with tight corners and stuff. It's pretty good. Uh, I oh, have... like your 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 sorry, your car in game is actually like a, a one of the new little Austin, not an Austin Mini, but I guess a no, yeah, mini. mini Mini is the is the name of the the the, the car and the manufacturer, yeah, nice because uh, I think and you're, I think you're right, I think it is owned by Mercedes, um, and then I have a Lamborghini, I think it's a Hurricane, and there's another one, the other one is f- hmm. the black one is faster, I don't remember what it's called, uh, <laughs> really cool looking car. Um, cause it's like, it's jet black, but has like, it looks like gunmetal, like, um, ribs on it, Oh, nice! uh, in the paint job. And then the underbelly is yellow. So like, it just looks like, it looks like a dinky from the eighties. And it's just like, it just looks, it's nasty. yellow. Yeah. Wow. The underbelly is yellow. Like it is, re- it's really cool. It looks like a bumblebee. Like it's, it's really mm-hmm. cool looking. Um, and, uh, the, but the, the yellow Lamborghini hurricane that I have, that's the one I prefer for like fast races, anything with a lot of straightaways. I, I just it has a nice kind of like torque to brake ratio like it's it you can slow down and take a really hard corner and then you're back up to you know 130 in like no time um oh, man. 
yeah so like in the mini and then what was the other thing that i was really enjoying oh i still really like the 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 lancia I, i'm struggling to remember the model uh no, sorry the lancia is the model i'm struggling to remember the the car manufacturer but it has like a really good acceleration and it's good for off-road stuff like dirt racing and so like if you're off the road if you're kind of like spin out of a turn or whatever you can get back in there like super fast like you just you can you don't if you if you screw up and hit a tree you're not out of it you can get back in there like super quick and so I find that it's very forgiving for people that are a little hard on the on the turn sometimes. Um, <laughs> or a, a little new to the game, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, and the whole winter thing is kind of nice because the, the the seasons change in the game and so do the road conditions, obviously. And so <laughs> I've been having fun with like a little Subaru um, that uh, for whatever reason, it just kind of jives with the way that I can drift around corners, which is similar to like the skidding in, in Mario Kart. You know, like you want to, you want to skid to the point where like you don't spin out, but you want to come close to that so that you can maintain your speed around corners. And, uh, and I've been getting used to that. It's been a lot of fun. I, I feel like this week, something has just kind of clicked with, with that kind of gameplay. So I'm hoping that oh, it'll nice. get a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just an enjoyable game. And I've, I've logged in at lunchtime and just like put my feet up on the coffee, ca- on the coffee table and just been like, I'm just going to drive around. I'll just nice. set a, set a go-to marker on the other side of the map and just like, I'm going to go over there. I've never seen that before. So let's go see what it looks like, you know? And it's, it's really relaxing. I, I find it very, very chill. I've actually, uh, not in the driving sense, but you, you talking about just sort of sticking, just kicking up your feet and driving around. I've actually done that, just flown around in Minecraft on my 15-minute breaks for work sometimes where I feel like, you know, deadline, deadline, deadline. You know, you know what? I'm just going to fly for like, 10 minutes <laughs> and so i just have my litter on and just make sure i've got enough rockets and i just just glide around it's just it's nice to kick back and adventure to different areas of the map i haven't been in yet but it's uh now i really enjoy that just no no project in the go not streaming anything not building anything just flying mm. so are you just like flying for thousands of blocks in a single direction or are you just exploring builds flying over what people are doing a little little of both i mean i it I guess, admittedly, one of the times I was flying, I was looking for um, a spot to build a new project, the uh, sort of that that stair monument I'm, or stair temple I'm working on. Um, but yeah, I had, I've I've not really adventured east at all. So I went to the, the northeast, just checked out a bunch of the mountains over there, and then I flew below Somerville, just went straight south for a while, and it was just all kinds of oceans. So I didn't actually, other than a few islands... I actually didn't see any land for the longest time. So it, and then the night started to fall. So I'm like, yeah, I forgot a bed. I'm just going to turn back around. So, but I just, <laughs> but it was sweet. It was just, again, no agenda, just swooping around and flying. It's pretty great. It's funny, you know, like if you far, fly far enough south, it's not, it's not as nearly as far as the, the medieval area on the server, but there's actually the modern city is south of Somerville. Uh, it's pretty much due south, actually. Uh, hmm. But I, I think the, I think it's like, 4,000 blocks maybe? I mean, obviously it's easier to get there with the portal or the the nether, but um, yeah, I just, it's it's fun to do that. Like I remember when I was, um, no, I was doing it in, in a creative world, uh, a, a download, but um, for those of you that, that aren't aware with the Citadel Minecraft server, there's a number of different areas that have certain themes. And so I downloaded the seed and and was flying around in the seed in a creative um, test world on my computer looking for ideal spots for things like the modern city where there was very very flat next to a harbor or the medieval area that had like really cool like mountains on one side and ice spikes and like desert over there and like really kind of mm. diverse you know really some cool mountainous like places for like evil castles and stuff like that and um you know it's it's really cool when you're just kind of like flying over minecraft terrain just kind of like letting it load in without really caring much like you're just kind of looking you're not really yeah you know you're not you know thinking it for me at the time i wasn't even thinking about rockets or nighttime i was just like i'm just flying around looking for areas and um it's it was a really enlightening experience in terms of like you know the different terrain generation and stuff all that's changing like crazy now we're (laughs) um there's no snapshot this week but uh next so not this week but maybe the, the following week coming i feel like there's something big coming usually when they skip a week in the snapshot it means that they're working really hard and so um on the spawn chunks uh later this month i would imagine there's going to be a lot to talk about because with caves and cliffs that update um uh, they're updating not only the the caves below ground but also they're increasing the world height and uh new mountains 
Uh, so you're mm. going to have to be careful not to fly into things <laughs> and go splat uh, in the in the near future, which would <laughs> be pretty pretty funny. Moving on to listener email, we have a message from Jackson D about Wandavision. Hello, Joel and co-host. I'm here yet again with another email. I was wondering if Joel's Wandavision thoughts have changed as the story has changed so much. Personally, I thought that the show was a little slow at the beginning, but a couple of episodes later, it picked up the pace. Could say more, but I don't know if your co-host has watched and I wouldn't want to spoil anything. Love to hear your opinions on the show, Jackson. Well, Jackson, we're going to talk about WandaVision in the main discussion this week, so you're in luck. Uh, I will, of course, toss out a spoiler warning and let people know that we'll be talking about at least episodes 6, 7, and 8. 8 being the most recent that aired uh, last Friday, about five days ago. Uh, I am all caught up. Steven is all caught up. But if you are not all caught up, then you should go do that before you listen to this, because I would hate to ruin something for you. Because as uh, Jackson suggested, the... The, the show is getting thicker in a good way, and mm-hmm. I'm really happy about it. Uh, I do find that it's a hard sell. Um, I, I've been telling people how much I'm enjoying it, but that's usually followed by you really have to get through the first three uh, and just like even put them on in the background because it's, it's hard to, to get through them. I did not enjoy them very much at all, but an exact opposite feeling for six, seven, and eight uh, I'd say maybe maybe less so eight, but but certainly the last few have really opened up my eyes to what's going on, and I, I'm really enjoying the show. Uh, where are you with with WandaVision? How are you feeling on it so far? I've actually enjoyed it right from the beginning. Just just sort of went into it not really knowing what to expect. I, I guess other than what was shown in the trailer, and the trailer very much showed you know the old classic television shows. So when they had, it was definitely. The first couple of episodes were slower in terms of the big picture story, but I actually, I personally enjoyed them for what they were. Like they did an excellent job of paying, you know, paying respect and, and homage to the, uh, the old shows that they were mimicking. So, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I feel like they could have, even though I enjoyed them in terms of uh, keeping the pace going, I feel like they could have probably squished one and two together. So I felt three was moving things like that's when things started to break the reality started to break down a little bit in three so if one and two were combined together so that you got a sense of like oh this is weird and and you know there's a little bit of a nugget at the end of two so if if one and two were together and slow but there's a nugget at the end you'd go okay this is interesting and then in at that point three would have become two and then the reality would have broken down a little bit like it does and i think that probably would have been better for the pacing but I, I'm honestly, I've been enjoying it all the way through. And as soon as four happened, like did we interrupt this program when they introduced Monica Rambeau's backstory, I thought, okay, this this is just. It didn't just progress. It was like this. It felt like this massive leap in. I don't want to say story quality, but you you know what I mean, though. It just it got a lot. Oh, it got a wider. Lot meteor story. Yeah, it got it got wider. You 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 took yeah. the cast of three and turned it into a cast of seven or eight. Right. Yeah. In terms and, of the, and brought back old favorites like yeah, like uh, Jimmy Woo and oh, what's her name, Darcy. I don't remember her last name, but Lewis, yeah, I think. D- Darcy. Yeah, Darcy Lewis. You're right. Yeah, um, and and she's you know, Cat uh, Dennings. You've got um, Randall Park. Uh, I've mentioned before that Tiona Paris, who plays Monica Rambo, is very very good. Like they're just they're mm-hmm. they're. They have a character, like they're not necessarily character actors, but they have a very defined role, and they do it very well. Uh, they they really kind of give you that personality without it feeling cheesy. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. It's comic booky, but in a good way, not in a not in a way that I'm complaining about whatsoever. Uh, Monica Rambo being a little bit more the straight, the straight and, nar- and narrow um, in in that realm. Um, although there's some depth there, like there was a moment and I don't remember what episode it was from, for, so forgive me, but, um, there was a moment where they mentioned Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, and you'd expect Rambo to have more of a, uh, warm reception to that right. mention. And she did not, it was no. visibly the opposite. And you're like, Ooh, uh, yeah, definitely some, bad blood there. Yeah. Somebody is upset about something. Uh, and that would have all been happening before uh, before the snap, 
right? So whatever bad blood or whatever issues are there are things that we don't know about because we have this giant hole in the Captain Marvel story between the origin, Captain Marvel in the film, which was set in the 90s, to, you know, 2019's Endgame, right? You know that during five years of the snap, she was helping out the Avengers, but she wasn't helping them out on the planet. She was helping them out in other places in the universe. So she was not around mm-hmm. at all. Uh, but before that, we've got no idea what was going on. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if we get that story, not in this series, but perhaps in the next Captain Marvel film. I guess jumping ahead to episode eight, I was hoping that there would be, or I guess through the, the last few episodes, I, I was hoping there was going to be more about Monica Rambo and how her character evolved because I mean this is jumping you know me jumping from episode four to seven and eight um you know once once her she develops powers they've they've barely touched on them and then she wasn't even in the last episode at all so it's just like okay now there's one episode left in the show I don't even think they're doing multiple seasons so there's there's one episode left in the show and so I don't even know if we're going to get like a a satisfying story arc for her in this. It just feels like she's been touched on. But like I said, I cheated and I checked and she is in fact in Captain Marvel 2 um, coming out next year. So it's in post-production right now. So so we'll, we'll get to see, I, I mean, I expect we'll get to see how that, the pre-story and the, the bad blood thing went down through a series of flashbacks. That's just a guess. I don't know for sure, but. Give me one second. There's a siren going by. <laughs> I know that it could be heard tonight. If I don't talk, we can just edit it out. What's really funny is that I heard it coming from you first. <laughs> you heard it coming from me first? Yeah, because of course it went by your place and then it's going by my place now. Oh, probably while <laughs> I was talking. It's fine. It was it was very, very, very subtle. Um, but I know with my mic, for whatever reason, they come in like they're on my shoulder. It's really ridiculous. Anyway, I'm good at markdown. I can, I can, I can take it out. I guess that's probably one advantage that my snowball has over yours is it's just, mm. it's basically unidirectional and it's just facing me. So even though you heard the siren, it, it I don't know, maybe, maybe it cuts yeah. it out more. I don't know. Mine, mine, um, it's a frequency thing. So like low stuff, like a fan, fine. Oh, you know, but but high pitch thing, Blue Jay siren, it's like crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends. Um, okay, cool. Is there anything that you wanted me to say over or was it nope. fine? No, it's all good. Um, I'll just okay. pick up with Monica Rambo. I did really enjoy the way that they explained or how, I guess I should say, Darcy explained Monica's powers. We don't really mm-hmm. know what they are. We know that she's been changed by going through the border of the hex, whatever you want to call it that that um, Wanda has put up around Westview and she said that your that her DNA has been rewritten twice and yep. then so the third time when she goes in she ends up being very changed to the point where um, the way that she sees is different uh, and when Wanda gets mad and uses her powers on her and throws her across the street or across the county I can't remember which uh, and, uh, she gets out of that unscathed because she either absorbed it or she landed softly somehow, or she doesn't even know. Like I, she's, I don't think she's necessarily aware that she's got powers now. I think she's just like, there's so much weird stuff going on. She's probably just attributing it to Wanda. And to your point, we don't get to find out what Monica thinks about that. Like that's the last time that we saw her. Um, yeah. but I did some digging myself cause I was, I was curious and, uh, she is uh, spectrum in the Marvel universe. And so she is actually, she does actually have like powers and stuff. And uh, basically she can see in a different spectrum of light uh, compared to other humans and other superheroes, uh, which again, hence the name, Uh, she can also absorb energy. So when Wanda was Mm -hmm. throwing energy at her, she basically sucked it up. And then that's why she didn't get hurt when she landed because she was able to use it to like absorb the impact. Uh, nice. reminded me about how they explained the Black Panther armor, like how he kind of like right. builds up kinetic energy and then he can release it and use it to like, you know, punch people really hard or hit the ground and send a bunch of people flying, that kind of stuff. 
Which is strangely similar to Captain Marvel's ability as well. She, like, if laser blasts are coming at her, she can just yeah absorb and redirect. So Yeah, it's, it's interesting how they have a lot of this kind of, like, yin-yang thing going on with mm-hmm. with the powers and especially with um w- with wanda um they did a lot uh and i really enjoyed the backstory um you think you know it because you've been told it but you've been told it by other people but not necessarily from the perspective of wanda herself right so in that last episode to, sk- to skip around um episode eight uh, we've got this um, the the Agatha Harkness, who is revealed to be the big villain this season, uh, takes Wanda back through the ages of all the different things that have shaped her experience emotionally, uh, and she's trying to figure out how Wanda has done this crazy, incredible um, feat of you know controlling and manipulating all of Westview just on her own. Without even right. really thinking about it. Like, it feels effortless. Right, because she's a witch as well. And they, they gave yeah. a bit of her backstory to show that she was a witch and powerful enough to absorb other witches' powers. So here she is now, a powerful witch, but trying to figure out how um, Wanda was able to do this next-level stuff that she she couldn't figure it out. She's like, okay, so this would be just a simple charm like this. And she was, you know, he was, she was equating everything that Wanda did to her abilities and so yes as you were saying that part of like the trip down memory lane was all about trying to figure out you know what did she do what what did Wanda do that was different from what Agatha had done to figure out how she could be come next level or whatever Mm -hmm. and it really gives you an insight into how and why Wanda is doing the whole hex illusion thing uh and I, I mean, like I had thought for a while that it was just Wanda. I didn't think it was anything really necessarily. I didn't even think it was necessarily conscious. I thought she was basically either going through PTSD or some sort of super grief. And it turns out that it was, mm. it was mostly grief over losing vision. Um, but when they go back and they, they show you all the things that Wanda has endured. Um, I re- she really just is, is, is the, she's the thing the thank she does the thankless work like she is probably one yeah. of the most if not the most powerful avenger that we're aware of in terms of what she's capable of doing and yet through media twisting through civil war through uh, a bunch of other different situations she's just always forced to take the brunt of the bad things that are Mm. and all the concerns that people have about these kind of things like and i would imagine a lot of it is just from fear like i i would imagine that outside of vision there'd be a certain amount of fear from the avengers being like glad she's on our side because if she was ever not on our side we'd be screwed (laughs) you know um yep and and I do get that. I mean, especially like and there's a spot. Uh, we might have mentioned this the last time you were on, but there's a spot in Endgame where she faces off against Thanos, and until she gets knocked over by something else, like she's owning face. Like he was up in the oh, air, yeah. and he. I think he's screaming "Rain Fire" or something. Like he actually calls the big guns on the ships to get out of that. It's it's he's not getting out of it on his own. Yeah, uh, he's he's levitated up in the air, and she's. I don't know. She's like. All of his his armor starts popping up off and stuff. So he, yeah. he basically he if he didn't have that extra level of backup, he probably would have been done. Yeah, which I, again speaks to how powerful Wanda is, mm-hmm. and uh, Agatha Harkness uh, gets into that. Now, she's not my favorite anymore. Um, I enjoyed kind of like the overacting <laughs> and stuff when she was the neighbor, uh, Agnes, I guess. Um, so typical sitcom neighbor. Agreed. And it worked for those situations. Um, but I, I don't think that it works for Agatha Harkness. She gets mm-hmm. better in the like the last 15 minutes. But the, the initial, come along, darling. Don't you see what's going on? Like, it's just like, oh, my yeah. God. Could you just speak like a normal human? It's fine. Because the thing is, like, Wanda is. When Wanda responds, it's, 
good acting and she's scared for her kids and she's confused and she's just trying to figure out what's going on and you feel you feel pretty normal like you feel like mcu film sort of realm not Mm -hmm. kitschy television spoof you know and so but agatha is still in spoof town um so i don't i I wasn't a fan of that at first i liked the idea of, of of it and the magic and the the stuff that she was doing in the basement with like the the bug and the bunny and like there's some cool creepy stuff going on that has layers that i don't really know much about because i don't know much about agatha harkness other than she's the, a dark magic witch um but she does bring up and is the only time and the first time that we've ever heard wanda called the scarlet witch in the mcu and that mm-hmm. she discerns that she that wanda had latent or dormant um, magic abilities, but then she was uh, she came in contact with the Mind Stone, which is where she got her current level of power. And those two things combined uh, have given Wanda what Agatha called chaos magic, which again, right. I, I don't know anything about. I feel like it's been mentioned before, but I don't know by whom. Uh, it could have been Thanos. It could have been... I feel like it might have been um I can't remember her name. She's the the monk that trains Doctor Strange. I feel oh. like in some speech she might have talked about chaos magic or something. The old one or the ancient? The something? ancient one. I think you're right. I think it's the ancient one. Um anyway, I feel like it's oh. maybe that movie I need to rewatch and kind of listen for cuz that's the only other Marvel film that to I to my knowledge that involves magic. Right. And on that note, I had I had completely forgot, but I okay. Mini side note: recently fallen into the black hole that is known as TikTok. So I won't get into that, but <laughs> but one of the You're videos. You're welcome. Showed, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, but one of the clips that I happened to, to swipe past it showed this uh, young gentleman sitting there. What he's and, and you know the, how they often put the the captions over top of the video, so people aren't actually talking. It's just caption, caption, caption. And they said, just recently started watching all of the Marvel movies in chronological order when I saw, um, when I got to Doctor Strange and they, he froze frame, freeze framed. I don't even know what the proper grammar for that is. Froze frame or freezed frame. Someone let us know. (laughs) But um, basically the still was in the library when Doctor Strange says, Mm -hmm. what's that? And it's a bunch of magic books hanging on a rack that is all hexagon shaped. And there is one of them missing. And all of the bindings on the book and the details on it looked like the magic book that was in the basement. Um, in the last episode, sorry, not episode eight, but episode seven, seven. when, mm-hmm. yeah, when um, Wanda actually went down in the basement to follow Agatha there was a book shown there and it looked like it was the missing book from the hexagon shelf in Dr. Strange. And I was like, um, is this just like a Photoshop thing? So I went back and I checked and sure enough. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it, and you know, it makes sense why she's going to appear in the next, like maybe that's the tie in why Wanda appears in the next Dr. Strange movie. Like there's going to be this overlap. Maybe it has to do with that book. Well, I think too, that, because as you mentioned, we're so late into the season. Like, I think there's only mm-hmm. one or two more episodes. One, I think. Is there only one? I don't know how many episodes are planned. Um, but yeah, it's it's that thing where you don't know how they're going to tie it up. So it may not be that this is supposed to be a complete story, but instead a prologue to something else coming next. And um, because it deals so heavily with magic now, uh, that we've that we've been it's been revealed that Wanda's powers being tied to magic uh, and to, to like to our knowledge I always thought it was the infinity stone for the mind stone Me too. but but yeah. it's both and so now that she's got magic it, the next logical step is obviously going to be Doctor Strange uh, mm-hmm. which I believe is the something of madness multiverse of madness I believe is the name of the film so I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. I've never been a big fan of magic in my superhero stories, uh, but that is also because when I've experienced that, it's been in DC, 
And I don't know if they necessarily handle it the best, you know? So with the stones and the cosmic way that some of the stuff works, it's, it's still fairly heavily rooted in sci-fi as far as I'm concerned, with mm-hmm. the exception of Doctor Strange. But even then, I, I sort of give him a pass because of how well it's done. Yeah, um, I guess I guess for me, the reason why... I can I can see what you mean, but I, I think one of the reasons why um, there's been, for me at least anyway, like zero friction with the idea of magic in this, the MCU is, it's somebody's not stopping, doing an incantation, saying a spell, and then there's an outcome. Because that means then there's really only, if you only know a certain number of spells, you sort of reach a limit in terms of what you can do. So these these characters that have magic abilities are just on the fly conjuring. So it, it, it seems less like spells and just mm. straight up superpowers. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I think mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love, you know, vampires, werewolves and witch stories as well. And I, and I love the incantations and the spells and things, but it, it feels like in this superhero world, I think you agree, you raise a good point that if, if it were that kind of, that kind of manage uh, magic, as opposed to, like you know, if Agatha's magic was the standard, where they always had to say the spells, it just feels like it might be just slowing down the pace. But yeah, I agree. Well, because it takes Wanda's powers and turns it into more like the Force from Star Wars, as opposed to um, when they started this the the episode eight previously on, which is the title of the show, which is a great episode name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it started in Salem in nineteen in sixteen ninety three. I rolled my eyes. Going, oh God, really? More Salem stuff? Come on! Like we haven't seen this a thousand times in media. But I mean, they have to stay true to the comics, and that's wh- how the comics would have been written originally in terms of the characters. So I mean, fine. But I was just like, oh God! Like I don't. I I, I start. I I could feel the back of my you know the hair on the back of my <laughs> neck stand up. I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. the show was so good. What are you doing? And so like I have I have that kind of apprehension to it. Um, however. The uh, the things that I find the most interesting are some of the fan theories that are flying around mm. because you've got Wanda Maximoff that has been affected by the Mind Stone and given latent abilities because uh, she was or had these abilities in magic, but then the Mind Stone augmented them and changed them. Uh, we've got people like Monica Rambeau that have been in and out of this uh, hex thing and her DNA has been rewritten according to Darcy uh, and now has powers and as far as we know is on the way to becoming Spectrum. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I thought was really interesting was some of the theories that I saw, uh, especially when they included the, and I forget his name, but the original guy that was cast as Quicksilver in the X-Men movies comes back um, they reveal that it was Agatha playing a trick on on um, Wanda, but he comes back as Wanda's brother. Completely different actor in the MCU, but it, this is the from the Fox X Men right. film series, and uh, they so they kind of like they hint at this X Men sort of tie in thing, and the idea is that the X-Men don't exist separately from the Avengers in the MCU. It's that they don't exist yet. And that, so you think about what if the X gene is dormant in people and you need some sort of powerful force like chaos magic going over, I don't know, the entire planet. Uh, Hmm. Right now it's just Westview. Uh, but you know, if that goes over the entire planet, then you potentially get Wanda Maximoff as the mother of all X-Men. That's very cool. It, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not the nerd that came up with it. I can't even point you to who it was. It was probably <laughs> TikTok, to be honest, but it's, it's one of those things like, wow, that is, that's awesome. And it would explain in the world ending events <laughs> of Endgame where the X-Men were <laughs> as in yeah. they, they just weren't here yet. They're just, they're the next phase. And if Marvel is going down that road, I will once again, tip my hat to just future planning. You know, like Disney has finally bought Fox, you know, they, they have mm-hmm. access to all these properties, you know, it'll be a little bit of time yet, but all those X-Men movies will be ripe for recasting and redoing. As much as I like the new ones, I really liked um, Days of Future Past, I think it was. Um, 
there's been a couple of really good ones with the new the new cast especially when they brought like the, i think days of future past was the one where you had the original x-men cast brought in with the new uh and i, I really really like them um nice. so yeah like it just it's 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 going down this road that could be very very cool the other thing that i've seen uh, as a um uh as a, as a, a theory is and i'm struggling to remember his name right now it's the ba- it's the, he's the main antagonist the uh, the the sword the sword agent the leader guy uh oh, tyler hayward. tyler hayward yeah i had in my notes i have him as pricky mcprickface just yeah i saw I, that. I don't <laughs> like, like him um, well but yeah it's it's an appropriate name so <laughs> so the other thing and this is the stuff that i'm not picking up on and i wish i i wish i was steeped enough in marvel comics and and more of the universe to pick up on this stuff but someone mentioned that he is from another universe or they think he's from another universe and in that universe he's anti-mutant right and so he's coming to this universe to try and stop uh trying to stop wanda from creating the x-men in the first place right interesting and because the whole idea is that darcy gets access to hayward's secret files that reveals that he knows that monica's dna has been altered meaning she's a mutant and so that's why his tone shifts so harshly against monica and about halfway through the series or a half out of the episodes with with wanda and with um monica and hayward Mm-hmm. there's a couple episodes where they're buddy buddy and then they they split ways real fast he starts to be an absolute well you start to realize yeah. he's the bad guy right and you're yeah. just like why is that but like but this again it's just a theory there's no proof to it because we don't get the ba- behind the scenes but it just sort of has this he's now thinking of her as has powers is threat as opposed to a member of of sword right and so i i feel like these are like not necessarily i'm agreeing with either one of them i just think that they're they're probably close i don't know what marvel has planned but i feel like these are not without merit if that makes any sense yeah definitely no i like those two theories the only one that i heard is that you know the 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 one that essentially the x-men exist concurrently but in a different oh different universe parallel universe and then so this will be a you know, a bridging of the two worlds will happen and that would that will allow them to have existed already and so you know backstory of the previous movies sort of stand and you know disney will change it to suit whatever they need but then but i actually i i'm really liking that one where they they have not existed yet i i think i like that one the best too uh as much as i know that the multiverse is coming uh and what that opens up for storylines and i know a lot of people are excited about it i again most of what I have to deal with that is like the infinite earth crisis with DC, which was a pain in the butt. Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> cause then you've got like multiple flashes and then you've got multiple Batmans and sometimes they're good Batmans and sometimes they're bad Batmans. And like, and I find that tiring. Uh, I mm. would much rather have um, a more inventive, cleaner timeline for X-Men. And I love the idea of the combination of, people like in the x-men universe you have that divide of you know it's essentially racism like they just you know people they don't like the they don't like mutants they have they they get very you know um not i guess defensive they 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 act in fear basically is is how it goes and and so you have that divide for mutants just wanting to be accepted for what they are and then regular people having this divide of like they either support them or they don't and yet the mutants continue to either save the world or try to destroy it, depending on which side of the, the mutant yeah. population that you're on um, for good comic book reasons. Um, but the having, in addition to that, if you had the underlying history of the five-year snap, the fact that superheroes with abilities have already saved the universe once, <laughs> like it, it adds a layer of complication that, doesn't mean it's the same old X-Men story. Like it, it creates something new in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. And especially if we get like superhero series in the way that we're getting WandaVision, like WandaVision sure started off slow, but there's been a lot of powers and a lot of cool stuff happening in the last, you know, I don't know, three episodes. Um, yep. A lot of cool effects. Like when Vision leaves the hex and he starts to like fall apart piece by piece and all the different things, the flashbacks that they showed of Mon- of um, 
Wanda going to sword and, you know, taking vision's body and like all that kind of stuff, uh, was super, super well done. Like it felt like a film. It did not feel like a TV show. And if we get X-Men series that have that kind of production quality, man, Mm -hmm. I'm on board. That's one thing that I actually surprised me when this whole time they, they'd been saying that Wanda went to sword and stole vision's body. And that's why he was in, in the hex world, but she didn't actually. And then we found out in the, the, the most recent episode that she didn't actually take the body. She went in there to basically, you know, some sort of to, to take his body to bury it, but Hayward didn't let her take the body. And so the vision that we've known all this time in the series, I thought was actually a rebuilt vision, but it was just completely created by Wanda. So he basically Hayward lied that she stole the body and had, and he had it this whole time. And just, and then I forgot that you've got a note there about um, white vision. Cause it was sort of like the, the very, very last scene of last episode. And yeah, I'm very curious to see what, they're going to do with that and this is where i've got no knowledge like i'm sure mm-hmm. some of our Same. listeners are probably screaming at their podcaster right now because i'm just like i just <laughs> I, I just i just don't know um my my thought because um they hinted at this a little bit uh is that um ultron might because vision was originally built by ultron to be like the new body like it was supposed to be like the new upgrade oh. compared to his his the big the big honking um, villain that they fight in in Age of Ultron was like phase two of his third on his way to his third body. That's the whole thing that they're trying to do is stop him in the second act. They stop him from getting into Vision's body, or I guess at that point it wasn't Vision. Um, so I just I kind of wonder whether I think there was another theory about Hayward trying to reactivate Vision, but instead of not Vision, I think he was trying to reactivate Ultron. But I, like again. It, it, it kind mm. of all goes to speculation. And I don't know enough about the white version of Vision uh, to, to know where it was supposed to go. Um, yeah. I don't know whether that leads towards Silver Surfer or if that's something else entirely. Like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I need to kind of like dive into some Wikipedia articles. Maybe just, I it might, it's hard because like you don't want to spoil anything. But at the same time, you're just like, I have so many questions. I know. <laughs> so many I've questions. I've been actually... I've been actually tempted to uh, spend some of my allowance on that nine ninety nine Marvel Marvel subscription and just oh, yeah. mm-hmm. throw away all my spare time and just start at the beginning and read all the way through. Yeah, I I'm happy that I don't know like a good chunk of this stuff. Uh, I it means that I I'm less critical. You know, it's like it's like reading the book before the movie. Like I'd I'd much rather mm-hmm. go in and just kind of see where you're going with it. But um, I mean, I I'm happy to say Jackson that I have turned my heel and changed my <laughs> thoughts on on WandaVision. Um I I do wish that these streaming shows would get off to a slightly stronger start. Like I, I kinda want to be hooked. I like that that feeling of being hooked after episode one and I don't always get it these days. And so I'm hmm. hoping that more stuff in the future might be a little bit faster paced. Maybe we'll get that from Falcon and the Winter Soldier when that comes out. Like that looks to be a pretty fast paced show. I can't imagine them going off at a snail's pace on a spy show. Like that seems like it would be a mistake. Yeah, it's only six episodes as well, isn't it? So they they almost need to get off to a quicker start, right? To you know, complete hey, that, that arc. I mean, that's good. I mean, you have to be neat and tidy with six episodes. I I much mm-hmm. prefer that that approach. Moving on into the Internet Minute, which, of course, is brought to you by you. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining in at any level will give you an invite to the member-only Discord server. There are multiple levels and different rewards to choose from. Just check it all out at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Currently sitting steady at 21 patrons from February into March. If you would like to be 22, then check it out. And if you have any questions, let me know at Joel Duggan on Twitter. Uh, and you can also just email us at the Citadel Cafe at gmail.com and just um, ask anything you want. Happy to be transparent about the whole nine yards. My pick this week is an update coming to one of my favorite video games in the last few years. Satisfactory Update 4 is coming to the experimental branch of the game on March 16th. So say the developers at Coffee Stain Studios. Uh, 
I believe them. They've done a number of uh, of uh, Q and A streams and things over the last couple of weeks where they say like we've been looking for these dates. We're thinking maybe March 9th, maybe March sixteenth, and now they say March sixteenth looks like it's a go. Uh, the experimental branch for people who are not uh, familiar. There's two versions of the game. There's early access. And then there's experimental. Experimental is basically like a giant red warning sign. By the way, this is maybe has some features that are unstable, things that maybe not be working. But the people that play experimental then provide key feedback to Coffee Stain in order to improve and stabilize the game. So proceed at your own risk on March 16th. But pending the number of bugs that have to be squashed, uh, the game should be coming to the early access version uh, by about April, mid-April, give or take. So I'm really looking forward to that because um, there's a number of changes that are coming. And because of where I am in my playthrough uh, of Satisfactory, I stopped playing a long time ago uh, because Update 4 was announced uh, and we knew that it was going to include things like Mark II pipes, which carry more liquids at faster speeds. Uh, gases are coming now, and that also involves new things in pipes like hydrogen. Uh, gas power is going to be the thing. There are power changes in terms of power buildings will now provide not just enough power to the base as what's needed. They will always have a full crank output of as much power as they can make. And they're introducing power storage into the game. So you can overpower your base and store excess power in the form of batteries. Uh, at least that's what people are calling them. We don't know what the buildings are called just yet. Uh, and then if anything happens where a power plant goes down or you do something that is a, a boo-boo and you're, you've pulled too much power from your grid, then you'll get a warning saying, hey, you're still up and running, but you're running on reserve power. You should probably fix that. Uh, so that's really cool because nothing is worse than having your game come to a grinding halt when you've got not enough power plants to, to handle the new things. Um, they're adding tier eight to the technology tree. Uh, late game recipes are changing, including aluminum production. And I am looking forward to that because this is where I stopped. I got into this. It was incredibly complicated and I didn't find it fun at all. And I thought, my gosh, I'm going to need football fields of space to create any amount of this uh, that I need. And they're revamping it. They're making it a little bit more concise. Uh, and in addition to that, liquid nodes, which is something you need to produce uh, aluminum, is uh, changing in the game as well. Right now, if you want to get things like water and oil, you have to go out into the the ocean kind of areas in the map, and you'll find oil slicks, and you have to build a, a refinery on them or a um, an extractor. And water, you can just build a water pump anywhere, lake, beach, doesn't matter. You just build it and it floats in the water, and it pumps up the water. Uh, now they're adding nodes, so think like geysers or land situations where you can get crude oil from the ground as opposed to having to find an ocean because there are some landlocked areas of the map that put you miles from oil which really sucks when you hit that kind of like early mid-game stride so uh, i'm looking forward to it i um i am going to have to be patient because i'm i don't think i'm going to be loading up my current factory build into the experimental um, i might do it personally just to play around but I think I'm going to do some streaming in April uh, with the Satisfactory Update 4 and hopefully the early access when it comes around. Um, have you seen Satisfactory at all, Stephen? I feel like it would be a game that you would really enjoy. I've only seen you play it, so I haven't actually um, experienced the gameplay or anything like that for myself. But it's um, yeah, it definitely looks interesting. My sons have watched your streams when you play it, and they think it would be a very cool thing to to try so uh, it's it's windows only though isn't it it is windows only yeah no as soon as i yeah. said that i realized it was windows it was windows only it's one of those things where it's just super satisfying i know it's a horrible pun to kind of like use the the name the name of the game kind of like in the description of it but it's really rewarding when you grasp the concepts, build the factory, have everything streamlined and turn it on and it all kind of like works like a top. You're just like, yes, like I have, I have learned the new skill. I have proved <laughs> the new skill and now I have to learn the next thing because I have more, you know, iron ingots that I know what to do with. And, and that's where I'm at. I, I have a large base that I'm building in the kind of visage of Devastator from the Decepticons and it's massive. Oh yeah. And it means that I have the room to expand so I can bring in all kinds of this stuff. And 
Uh, I remember the last thing I was working on was a big copper area and it was neat. I'm trying not to rebuild things. So I've built a number of smelters to turn copper into copper ingots. But then halfway through the construction, I ended up discovering a secret recipe that allows you to create pure copper ingots by putting the copper through refineries instead of um, instead of smelters. And so mm. rather than redoing all of my smelter belts, I just decided, you know what? We're just going to leave it as is. We'll call it like a, this is where the game went up a level and we'll just do refineries from now on. But for the first part, we're going to stay with the um, the uh, the smelters. And it just, it gives that kind of like, it's like that yes and game that you play yeah. in creative endeavors where like you have to accept what just was said and you have to build on top of it. And I find it, it creates that cool, um, not helter skelter, but it creates that cool layered look to your factory. Like it doesn't, it's it's neat and tidy, but you can see where the thought processes change. And I've noticed that with other people that I play, uh, not play, that I that I watch play, um, satisfactory. Um, I am Kibitz is is someone that I quite enjoy. He's also a silly, silly dude uh, and Canadian actually, and uh, his his stuff ha- is just wild. Uh, and and he's played the game a lot, and he knows he kind of knows what's coming, so he can plan ahead. But it's it's really fun to kind of see the the happy accidents happen and the the you have to accept it and move on because i really don't want to build this again <laughs> sort of feel <laughs> uh which is which is i'm sure you know we're all used to that in in minecraft well that wraps up this episode of the citadel cafe you can find more information about the show and links to some of the things that Stephen and i talked about at the citadelcafe.com music for the show was composed by kevin mcleod you can email us at the citadelcafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on twitter Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, as well as YouTube. And you know what? Share the podcast with a friend. Just poke a friend in the arm, safe distance, and say, hey, you should listen to the Citadel Cafe, and then let them know where they can listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can listen to my other podcasts all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. And of course, follow me on social media at Joel Duggan and Twitch. Joel Duggan, same as always. I'll see you there. Stephen, where can people find you online? Basically the same, except replace Joel Duggan with Stephen ESE, and that's where you'll find me. And most more often than not, um, hanging out on Twitch, the twitch.tv slash Stephen ESE. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two. Mm-hmm.